way for uh, the Angels. All-Star break coming up uh, as well. Uh, all right. Let's uh, talk a little Pelicans. Uh, I don't know if they are. I don't know if they should be. I don't know what they have to give up. If they're in on this Dame Lillard thing, does he even want to play here? Could be, you know, reunited with his backcourt mate, C.J. McCullough. Would C.J. be in the deal? Who knows? Let's talk to our guy, Ali Cosell from The Bird Rights. Do you think, Ali, that the Pelicans are, have they actually inquired into what it would take to get Dame Lillard to the Pelicans? Yes, I'm sure they at least have had those preliminary discussions. Just about every team does, especially if you're interested in winning now. And you're going to ask about one of the best point guards in the game, right, who had his best season last year. But, David, I honestly don't think there's a high likelihood at all of him landing here in New Orleans, unfortunately. Because? Several reasons. Number one is he would have to want to come here. And what we've seen today is the Pelicans over the years have wanted stars, right? Even going back to Demps pursuing LeBron James, but team, or excuse me, players haven't even wanted to take meetings in the past with teams they don't want to end up with. And so just like Kevin Durant was probably the last big star, I remember last summer, where the Pelicans pursued him, had a real interest in bringing him, but he didn't want to come here. I feel like that's going to be the same regarding Damian Lillard. Because look, we've already heard where kind of Dame wants to end up, right? Put Miami up there, and then he's also mentioned with Brooklyn, and said he's got, um, he really likes or thinks highly of San Antonio. I didn't hear New Orleans mention anywhere. So that tells me pretty much there's no chance of him ending up here. But then, of course, David, you also have to figure out to make a deal work. And I'm with you. We didn't see CJ and Dame work in Portland. I'm not sure that would, you know, David Griffin would be smart to pursue that here. So you'd have to move on from CJ. And I just feel like that opens up such a big can of worms that I don't think they could even work through that. Even if Dame wanted to come here, I'm not sure if they could pull everything off. All right, so do you, do we think we're done? Is Are the Pelicans making any deals? I see some people, you know, on the Twitterverse, and you know Twitter's real, so it must be right, uh, that they're still looking to to make some moves, get maybe a little bit more physical inside. Well, they've got 14 players, right, under contract, but it's really 13. I just don't expect Garrett Temple to stick around, unless, of course, they let him um, go. They don't guarantee, right, it's $5.4 million. He comes back on a veteran minimum because that's a lot cheaper, right? But, no, I think there might be still one more deal left to be had, and I'm really looking at that center position. Jonas Valanciunas has kind of been on the trade block for since the last trade deadline. They've been Pelicans have been linked to a lot of more mobile, versatile centers, and, you know, I think there may be one could be had depending on what happens, right, with Dame, with James Harden. Could the Pelicans, and this is what I think their best bet, if they're pursuing a guy like Dame, is getting involved in the trade, one of these big trades to where you end up with a piece you want. And since you've got the draft capital, a lot of teams want you in that deal because, of course, a lot of these teams don't have that, right? For instance, Miami. To get Dame, they're going to have to figure out a way to get more first-round picks. Pelicans have a bunch. Miami doesn't. So I can see how Pelicans could weasel their way into, like I said, one of these deals and maybe end up with what they want. So whether they could do a deal involving Cleveland, maybe they could get Jared down, something along those lines, I could see that happening. So I'm not done. I don't think the Pelicans are done yet now. Talking to Ali Cosell from uh, the Bird Rights. How good do you think the Pelicans can be this year? You know, I thought we kind of got that question answered last year, right? When they were really healthy, they came out like gangbusters. I mean, blew the tours off of the Brooklyn Nets opener, season opener, and then really got on that nice streak, right? A couple big winning streaks, seven games, five games. Zion looked like an MVP guy, and they, they had all that winning going on without B.I., and yet they were tied for first with Denver right at the end of December. 
So I think we see the ceiling. It's just, can they stay healthy, right? Can they stay committed? So, for instance, Zion, if you do miss some time, can you stay to a reasonable time frame where when you come back, when you're expected to come back, you're ready to come back, right? Your body's ready. If they can check off these boxes, I don't see any reason why they can't finish top four in the West with decent, you know, injury luck. Not great, just decent. 100%. Hey, Ollie, Lennon Burton here. I got a lot for you. So let's start off with this. First one I got for you is with the loss of Jackson Hayes, which, you know, needed to happen. You already, you talked about uh, getting rid of Jonas. There's a big need for big man. So do you see that as one being a trade and then maybe looking at some free agents? And if so, is there anyone in free agency that you're looking at? And with a trade, who are you looking at for that? Because there's no way we can go into the year with just Larry Nance and Jonas because we lost Willie Hernan Gomez, we lose Jackson Hayes. And as we know, Jonas doesn't fit the play style that Willie Green wants. No, you're right. And that's why I think Jonas has kind of been on that trade market for a year now. And he had kind of a down year for them last year. Facts. And they just didn't incorporate him, right? So, yeah, so, yeah the writing's on the wall regarding him. But you're going to have to replace him, I think, with better talent. So with the Pelicans, they're right just over the luxury tax line. So you can forget them, say, using the mid-level or anything like that to add even more salary to the book. The only way I think we have that change at center is if Jonas gets involved in the trade. And that's why I've been eyeing that. But as far as a backup center, I would personally like to see at least one more. Now, they did sign Cody Zeller. Uh, they committed to him kind of to replace, I think, the Billy Hernan Gomez minutes. You know, he spent a year with Miami. He's been in the league for 10 years. Played with James Borrego, who's one of the new assistant coaches. Played under him when he was the head coach at Charlotte for four years. So there's familiarity. But I'm with you. There's still a talent gap. It's a missing thing that they need to figure out. Because you're right, you can't rely on Larry Nance to play a full schedule. Jonas isn't your go-to guy, and I think they want to see what E.J. Liddell can give you. Can he fill, like, Larry Nance role? But, again, he's going to be basically a rookie, so you can't rely on him. So, yeah, I don't know how they fill it, but that's why I'm looking at this trademark, like I told David. Can they somehow get in there without having to add salary, but somehow moving some of their salary in exchange for a, a much better center, whether it's a starter or a reserve? Is Jackson Hayes finally going to reach his potential? With the Lakers, maybe. <laughs> with Los Angeles? No way. Guys. Come on, we saw him here without the limelight, less distractions. Now he's going to Los Angeles. And he he's honestly, I know he's a great kid. I've talked to him. I got to know him. But he's just one of those guys that just doesn't seem that committed about his craft. And when you're a pro, you've got to live and breathe it, right? We right, all know that. Right. So even if you spend maybe two hours a day... It's not nearly enough. I just don't think Jackson's ever going to become that guy. Mm. Not, and unfortunately, he's not going to live up his potential. Me neither. And, and it's it, like, look, I mean, when you only started playing basketball two years before you get drafted, like, I get yeah. it. Like, I understand that that's tough. Now, let me ask you, we know that Willie Green isn't prone on playing rookies, but Jordan Hawkins, to me, is someone that needs to play. What do you need to see from him, or what do you think Willie needs to see from him for him to get minutes this upcoming season? Two biggest things is, and he's already put on 10 pounds, strength. Can you guard your position, whether that's going to be ones, twos, even off the bench? Can you not get bullied, right? So if you're guarding a dribbler where they really just use their strength to get past you, can you box out, right? Can, mm -hmm. can you keep the other guy from basically doing whatever he wants there on the court? If it can show that, that's going to be big. The other thing is, can you understand concepts, right? Like strategies, pick up on this stuff. Because that's why Herb Jones was able to step into that starting lineup, guys, right away. I know he was there at Alabama for the full time. 
But look, he was still rookie in the league. He didn't know anything about the league. But yet he was able to step in because he was smart, right? He picked up on those things. So if Jordan can, like I said, get stronger and also just not be mystified by this new um, terminology, strategies, then yeah, I think he's got a real chance. Because this shooting, it sounds like it's for real. Today, we've got talked to the players and the coaches after their uh, summer league practice before they go to Las Vegas tomorrow, or end up in Las Vegas, excuse me, tomorrow. And they all talked glowingly about Jordan's shot, even comparing it to Trey's on, on being that, you know, incredible. So if he can do some of these things, yeah, he's going to get on the court because the Pelicans need that shooting. To compare it to Trey's is insane. The guy is, to me, Jordan Hawkins reminds yeah. me so much of Richard Hamilton, the way he comes off of screens and the way he could get yeah. his shot up fast. Let me ask you, we got a lot of other young guys. What is needed to be seen from Dyson Daniels this year, in your opinion? Where, what steps do you want to see him take for, uh, for the Pelicans to really make that next level and for him to get a lot of playing time? He's got all the physical tools. For me, it was entirely the confidence, and it disappeared you know, early last season. Same thing happened to Trey in his rookie season, but he found it. Dyson didn't really find it, I feel like. Yeah, defensively, he still did what was required, but... Boy, guys, we were watching him stay three months in, and he was dribbling the ball in transition. He never once looked to, like, drive. Yep. He was always getting in the air and trying to jump pass, never looking for a shot. So he had that Lonzo ball problem. Yeah, I, I need for all that confidence to come back, and it looks like it might be back, you know, from talking to people today, from him just talking to us. I mean, I can't believe he's 20. He is so at ease, and I think he's going to be able to step right in. So I, I just want to see in Summer League, for instance, dominate the competition. If you're as good as I think you can be, and I think all his teammates, coaches believe that, and we saw right glimpses last year, but if you can show it, I think that's going to be huge because I'm with you guys. I think he has to be a big, important piece for this team to you know, go far. And uh, Willie's going to rely on him. He's going to be easily in that top eight of the rotation, I think. He has to because there's not many point guards on the roster, and he has to be one that they rely on right. because the other guy they have, we haven't seen much from, and that's what I want to ask you. Kyra Lewis, what's up with him, man? What should we expect from him this year? Uh, I, I, I still think highly of Kyra, but I don't know if he's got a place on this, ro- in this, mm. on this roster, right? Getting even in the rotation. It happened to him last year because I, I think that injury hurt him. He had so many people laugh him over the last couple of years, right? They nailed the Herb Jones pick. Same thing with Jose Alvarado signing him. So suddenly there's two guards that are, you know, less experienced, but they came in ahead of you. Now even Najee Marshall has shown some things. I honestly think there's about 10 players ahead of him, and that's a big problem when, you know, you're already smaller. You can only play a couple positions, and we didn't see it, right? He got some chances towards the end of last year, and he just didn't look aggressively right for a shot, all these things, and if you're not going to play to your fullest potential, and yeah, that's asking a lot for a young guy that's barely got NBA men, but that's what's required for him to get on the court with the Pels, and I just don't think it's going to be there, so... With Jonas, I think he's another guy that's a candidate to be traded. Yep. Some people are even saying um, um, where they might even just get his salary off the books, right? So they trade him for some second-round pick mm. just to get under luxury tax. And they would be doing him a service, right? Get him on a team that can get him minutes if, you're not, if you don't think you've got it for him. Mm, see, yeah, that... <sighs> There's no, I, like you said, I just don't feel like there's space for him on this team. But I saw you tweeted about EJ Liddell. Is that someone we should be excited for this offseason? You know, getting healthy, that's a guy that can help with the depth, maybe not at center, but definitely at power forward. Yeah, he told us he's going to be at all three positions, at least in summer league, the three, four, and a five. So I'm curious, is he faster? Can he play some nights at the three? 
Um, and then conversely, is he strong enough to play maybe some small ball center minutes? And that's really going to come down to just watch him defensively. If he can stay in front of his guy, make that guy have or put up tough shots, and you know control the boards, do what you're supposed to do, I think he's going to have a real chance, right, of at least being maybe Larry Nance's backup or jumping ahead of maybe a guy like Nazi. Because this Pels team, they don't have enough bigs as we just got some talking about. And they're going to need help on the board work, especially if Jonas isn't out there. So E.J. Liddell's a guy who – People have been telling us, hey, watch out for this guy. He's worked on this shot all year because he wasn't able to do much. And to the eye, it looked better. But I'm curious to see, can he really play this game, right? People said he was a tweener coming out of college without a real possession. Well, I think tweeners in the NBA work a lot better than they did 10 years ago. So if he's just strong enough a little bit quicker to make some shots, yeah, I'm expecting big things out of him. Um, and he could crack that rotation, like I said. Did you say that Jordan Hawkins put on 10 pounds since when? I know. He still looks tiny, right? I mean, <laughs> I'm going by what the man said during his presser. When we got a chance to talk to him, I'm looking at his frame, David, and it looks tiny, right? His shoulders, he doesn't have much width there, but he did look stronger to me. If you look at some pictures of, say, the Pels have put up over the last week to what he looked like at UConn to say, several months ago, okay, he does, right, like, the right. definition looks bigger, but, man, he needs to put on at least another 15, I think, just to feel comfortable, right? His legs are really... Really small. <laughs> I was going to say, if you told me he put on 10 pounds since he'd been drafted, I uh, something going on there. But if you said I mean, to put on 10 pounds since April, well, I can do that. I, yeah, actually, I can probably April, put on yeah. the 10 pounds in, in two weeks, although it wouldn't oh, be yeah. muscle. Of course we can. We live in the South and like the food. <laughs> right, right, right. What's coming up uh, on the bird rights? Summer league coverage. Let's see what Dyson looks like, EJ Liddell, and, of course, Jordan Hawkins. They all three have a legitimate chance to be in a Pelicans rotation at some point, right, next year. So let's see if they can give real minutes against what's, you know, competition that isn't the highest. It's a lot like preseason NBA. I want to see them dominate, right, look good. Let's see them do it. Is Victor Wembanyama supposed to play? He didn't play in the Spurs' first uh, summer league game out in Sacramento. No, they're saving him from what I've heard. for the. There's two main games where it's going to be televised on ESPN. In Las Vegas, their first two games, the Spurs are facing both Portland and Charlotte. I think it's Charlotte first, then Portland, right? Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller. I think he's going to play at least one of those. I fully expect for him to play in both of them, but that'll probably be it. He is Ali Cosell from the Bird Rights. Always appreciate it, my friend. Keep up the great work. Absolutely, guys. You guys stay cool over there because I know it's almost just as hot as it is here. Yeah, it's a little toasty. Have a good one, Ali. a little toasty. Right. So is going to uh, debut this upcoming Friday at us on ESPN and NBA TV. Oh, nice. All yeah. right. Brandon Miller kind of had an off game, kind of was good, oh, okay. kind of got off to a slow start. Your guy. <laughs> he is my guy. I haven't <laughs> seen Scoot play. Has Scoot played yet? I haven't seen him play either. I saw uh-huh. Jaime uh, Jaquez yes, from... Yes, we saw that you play. See, that yes. dude's good, yeah. man. Yeah, was that the same game? Uh, I'm not sure. Miami got a steal with him, though. And there was another yeah. guy that Chet... Holmgren. Chet, uh, look, I think people talking about Victor, Chet's going to surprise. I think Chet's going to get Rookie of the Year this year. Can he get Rookie of the Year this year? Yeah, because he didn't play the uh, Ben Simmons effect. Right. All right. Look, and I think Chet might be better than Victor this this upcoming year because Chet had enough time to get his body NBA strong, whereas... His body is nowhere near NBA strong. Well, it's stronger than Victor's. Right. Yeah, and that's what that's all I'm saying. Right. And I, I heard a lot of players because I listen to a lot of player podcasts. A lot of players are very impressed with Chet's uh, grit and, t- and toughness. They say that guy's ready for the NBA. We'll see. We shall. What's he weigh? 
Um, I'm not sure. But Patrick Beverly gave him a lot of praise because they played together this summer um, in some drills and whatnot. All right. Let's see what he's listed at here. Chet Holmgren. And Wikipedia's got him 71194. I don't know Ooh, how true that is. That's that's t- that's light. <laughs> that that's really light. That's like forty pounds light. Yeah, one ninety four. He's got to get up to at least two two fifteen, two twenty, something like that. Minimum. Still kind of light. That's yeah. yeah, yeah. You're right. All right, let's take a timeout. Finally, our we'll talk uh, with Joe Lucia, a little Major League Baseball. All right, Dave Schultz, Lyndon Burton on a yacht rock afternoon sports chat. One zero three three. The goat. What if you could help turn back the clock and help your dog play like a puppy again, no matter their age? Introducing Dr. Marty Pet's Nature's Blend, a premium freeze-dried raw dog food called the Miracle Worker by Forbes magazine. Dr. Marty is now helping dog parents right at home. I've helped countless dogs thrive with one simple concept. Your dog needs a high meat diet similar to what their ancestors ate in the wild. Nature's Blend is designed to support your dog's healthy lifespan with turkey, beef, salmon, duck, seeds, veggies, and fruit, and with zero artificial preservatives. When given the choice between Nature's Blend and Amazon's number one bestseller in dry dog food, 29 out of 30 dogs chose Nature's Blend first. For a limited time, save up to 54% off Nature's Blend and get free premium dog treats. Go to drmartypets.com slash deal or text deal to 511-511. Text deal to 511-511. I am so confident your dog will love it. Your order is backed with a 90-day guarantee. Study available upon request. Message and data rate may apply. Ernie Johnson and Charles Barkley welcoming you back to Susan's Cubicle here in Accounts Payable. What an afternoon of non-stop bookkeeping action, Charles. Are you kidding me? She set herself a reminder to get out of that chair and move. That's a smart use of a timeout. She's somehow still reading her emails while getting her heart rate up and moving her muscles. Healthy habits that could lower your risk of cancer. Uh-oh, it's Karen from the IT department. This is a wrinkle no one saw coming. She means well, but she just derailed the yoga class down in accounts receivable. There she goes to one of her usual distractions. But Susan just tosses her a no-look way. That's a crazy move. Let's watch that again. She's stretching, and there's the effortless side wave. Susan's putting on a clinic. Susan from Accounts Payable. Dominated. Just get moving. It helps in the prevention of so many cancers. Stand up to cancer and Optum want to help you reduce your risk for cancer. Visit TakeAHealthyStand.org. We are the NFHS. That stands for the National Federation of State High School Associations. But really, what we stand for, together with the LHSAA, are the 110,000 high school sports students in Louisiana. And so we stand. We stand for the runners, soccer, and basketball players. We stand for their coaches, administrators, and officials. We stand for the swimmers, football players, and wrestlers. We stand for the golfers, softball, and volleyball players. We stand as the national leader and advocate for high school athletics and all who participate in them and make them possible because it is our purpose to ensure that high school students get to play, perform, and compete together. To learn more about who we are and what we stand for, visit nfhs.org. Every second counts in a poison emergency. That's why Poison Help is standing by 24-7 to provide free assistance in over 100 languages. Save Poison Help as a contact in your phone today. Poison Help. 1-800-222-1222. Mess with a goat. You'll get the horns, then the butt. 
Because that's what goats do. 103.3 The Goat. All right, Dave Schultz, Lynn Burton on a Wednesday afternoon Yacht Rock edition of Sports Chat 103.3. The GOAT, uh, they're now talking about this in-season tournament. Oh, yeah, with the NBA? Yep. The announcement is coming on the 8th. Apparently, it's not going to be um, like stoppage of games or whatever. It's going to just be regular season games that they turn into a tournament, essentially. Like, basically, like, if you win certain regular season games, that will advance you. I, b- I believe that's what I heard from Adam Silver, if I'm not mistaken. All right, so Robbie Baker, my guy out in Arizona, he tweeted this NBA, sent it out. Tune in Saturday, July 8th at 6.30 Central Time for ESPN NBA Today special to announce the details of the first-ever NBA in-season tournament including dates, competitive structure, locations, trophy unveiling, and group drawings. I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. But isn't the NBA season too long enough as it is? I, so apparently it's not going to uh, add any games. It's okay. not going to add anything. It's just going to be a part of the 82 that's already there. And the incentive for winning is uh, players on the winning team all receive half a million dollars. Um as well as there's going to be something for the playoffs, I believe. But What does that mean? Uh, they're going to give some incentive for the playoffs if you win, if you're a winning team, essentially. So we shall see what happens with that. But they didn't fully announce everything, so I'm waiting for that date to see what happens. But I'm, I'm excited. To me, this is a way to, if it works, it gives something new to American sports because this is something that's done in soccer a lot, like... And right. if it works, it's cool. But if it doesn't, you know, just take it away. Sure. Like, it's sure. not a big deal if, you know, either way. But now are you going to get the are you going to get the B players to play? Mm. No, I think you got to get because you got to because, you know, half a million dollars sounds like a lot of money. It's not to them. Not to LeBron. Yeah, fair. Might but be that's to Austin what, Reeves. That's why I think it's they they do the playoff incentives. And also because... What's the playoff incentive? We don't know yet. That's why we're waiting for right. what your guy's talking about. But also I think because it doesn't take away from the 82 and it doesn't add any new games, I think that will help. Because it's not like you have to go, oh, stop the season, play this tournament, start the season again. It's something that's just built into the schedule. I think right. that's the benefit of it, essentially. All right, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. We'd like the I love the World Baseball Classic. That's beforehand. I know some guys mm-hmm. got hurt in that, but that happens all the time uh, in whatever people are doing. Oh, the breaking news! Like Ali told us, the Pelicans are waving Garrett Temple to get some of that money. Well, there you to, go. Uh, get ready to get some people. There you go. All right, two six nine one zero seven seven two six nine one zero seven seven we started off talking about the rivalry between lsu uh, and the cajuns and there shouldn't really be one but there is i find it mm-hmm. very odd and it really is one set of people on one side and one guy on the other side but the one guy has a bunch of followers so does the other side mm-hmm. and they go back and forth uh, against each other all right who's on the phone uh, i believe we have jay on the line hey jay thanks for calling man 
Uh, I don't care for this end season tournament, but I'll say this: if you can get if you can get rid of those those play in games at nine to ten, whatever seven to ten, if they can get rid of that, I think I, I, that's a nice trade off. I hate the play in game. Why? Huh? Why do you hate the playing game? Because uh, the participation trophy mentality. You, you play eighty-two games to try to get the first AC. You don't need what, what's up. What's up with all this nine and ten fighting for the I, I, last? I'll tell you what it is. Like, it's to stop the tanking. Is what it is. Mm-hmm. And by the way, one yeah, of the te- one of the teams, one of the teams that were in the playing games played in the finals. Participation trophy, Facts. my backside. Facts and. And it yeah, but gives, that's what, but that's uh, team, that team's been battle tested for the last three years. That's not but a still, they, so what's it the doesn't matter. It, it, they made it to the finals, and if they didn't have the play in, they wouldn't have had a shot. Dave's right. Well, guess what? Well, guess what? Hopefully, we can get rid of so we can we can, uh, stop saying stuff like that. That's well, what they, they're, they're, they're not getting rid of the play. I like I like the play. It brought in. Like you're, you're one of the few because the ratings are high and silver's keeping yeah. that. Yeah. Like they're not getting rid of the play in at all. All right, thank you. I right, appreciate thanks, you Jay. for calling. I appreciate that you don't like it. But in this case, I Jay, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I love the playing, man. It, I like it, too. It gives right. it gives excitement. And well, to your point, first it, all, it gives incentive uh, to get in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Now people are going to be like, well, if the Heat did it, why can't we? Exactly. And it gives those teams also the incentive to not be in the playing game to get in the top six. Yep. So, now, so, so now, you don't have to go through that. Right. There's It's yes. both ways. No. Correct. To me, the playing is a success. The in-season tournament, that's something that we got to wait. Yeah, that's very soccer-esque. Yeah, it? no, it is. Very much so. That's yeah. Premier League soccer at its finest. Well, I'm just watching it. I, I got to the international break episode. Oh, if, <laughs> that but that's only one of, game, though. Yeah, true. Right. But the thing is, like I said, Dave, as long as it, if Adam Silver's correct and this takes place during the 82 regular game season, then it doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, right. if it's not like we're going to stop it, like you said, and go do international play. No, no, it's part of the season. It's part of the schedule. It's built in. So there shouldn't be any problem. We'll see. Well, exactly. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, all right, let's take a time out. We'll talk Major League Baseball when we get back. All-star break around the corner. See where we are. We'll talk to our guy, Joe Lucia, from the outside corner. After this, Dave Schultz, Lynn and Burton, we're back on a Yacht Rock Wednesday afternoon sports chat, 103.3 The go. I'm Connie Britton, and I want to share with you the experience of Donna in Washington. She writes, I got injured about five years ago. I was let go when, because of the injury, I couldn't keep up with my schedule. I've tried to find other work, but I'm 68 now. No one wants to hire someone that old. This week is tough, though, because I had to get my tooth fixed. So I only have $10 in my checking account. But it will be okay. I at least have food because of this pantry. Millions of people face hunger. Some every day, just like Donna. The Feeding America network of food banks helps provide over 6 billion meals to people in need each year. Learn more at feedingamerica.org. Feeding America, 200 food banks strong. The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned. Accessible homes and vehicles. And access to every part of their communities. 
with PVA staff working inside VA hospitals. No other veterans organization has provided more real-time, ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. Join PVA in fighting for theirs at pva.org. Victor deployed for the first time to Afghanistan in 2003. At four in the morning, my phone rang. They said, I regret to inform you that your husband was wounded in action. Victor sustained a moderate traumatic brain injury. I was doing school full time, and I was also then caring for Victor. One of the most important elements of caregiving is taking care of yourself. I just didn't want to forget that I also had goals and that I also had a life. What I did is I challenged Victor to meet me halfway. There are almost six million military and veteran caregivers across the nation. We have our own journey and we can fulfill that journey at the same time that we are helping our loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving for a free military veteran's guide to navigate your caregiving journey and better care for your loved one and yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. I'm Shanola Hampton. I support the Feeding America network of food banks because they help provide over 6 billion meals to people in need each year. Learn more at feedingamerica.org. Don't let someone get your goat. There's plenty to go around for everyone. 1033 The Goat, the greatest sports talk of all time. Burton on a uh, Yacht Rock Wednesday afternoon sports chat, 103.3 The Goat. All right, let's bring on my guy Joe Lucia from the outside corner. Let's talk a little MLB. Uh, Joe, is Mike Trout done for the year? Uh, probably not the entire season, but uh, his power numbers are going to be shot for the rest of the year because that Hammond injury is something that really kind of saps your power for a few months. So if he does come back this season, he's not going to be hitting any balls over the fence, which is one of his uh, strong suits. And so maybe with the Angels all of a sudden tanking, what do they do with Otani? Is he in, is he in his last year of his contract? He is a free agent after this season. But you look at this team, and they like rely so much on him. He's both their best hitter and their best pitcher. And it's really hard to value a guy like that. I mean... You know what an ace pitcher gets. You know what a elite hitter gets. What do you get when you have both of them as the same guy? It's really going to be tough for a team to put together a package even just for two months of them. Uh, and they're only four. I mean, they're seven out in the division, but only four out in the wild card. Is that something that they would go out and trade for some more power with Trout on the bench? I mean, I think right now it's a wait-and-see kind of situation because, I mean, they're only two games above 500, but the AL is kind of, like, packed in that wild-card race. With, you, got, you got teams like the Orioles, the Yankees, Astros, Angels, Mariners, all kind of within spitting distance of each other right there. So, I mean, uh, if they go on a nice winning streak, I could definitely see them trying to uh, go for a playoff run. But uh, if they start tanking, I can see them moving on from Otani and uh, starting mm. over next season. Astros beat Colorado today 6-4, to four, so they've won 8 out of 10 and 
four in a row. They trail the Rangers by uh, two and a half. Astros coming together. I, every time I see something, they don't know when Brantley's coming back. This guy's banged up. How good and how injured are the Houston Astros? I mean, the offense, I think, is very good once everybody's healthy. I mean, remember, Altuve missed what was the first two months of the season. He's just come back over the last month or so. He's playing like, well, Jose Altuve. Worried about their rotation, though. Uh, Luis Garcia out for the year. Justin Verlander's now a Met. So I wonder if uh, I wonder if they're going to have enough horses to get over the line on the mound. What about the Rangers? The Rangers actually surprisingly lead the league in run differential, plus 159. And with my math, I think they're about five games behind the, uh, behind the Rays, but only four in the loss column. Is this Rangers team for real, or has the schedule been a little bit soft? I mean, they're playing a little bit above their heads right now, but the good thing about them is, like, their offense, like, one through nine is all above average. Like, everyone in this lineup is hitting, which is just phenomenal for them. And even though uh, Jacob DeGrom's out for the rest of the season, the rotation has not been half bad. Uh, Nathan Uvalde's been great. Dave Dunning's been really good. So even without a guy like DeGrom, who you're paying so much money and expecting to be just that ace of that rotation, they're holding it together, which I think uh, I think tells you a lot about them in the second half. Talking to Joe Lucia, the outside corner, talking baseball on uh, 103.3 The Goat. What about the Yankees? All of a sudden, they've won a couple in a row, seven out of their last ten. They're still eight games back uh, uh, behind the Rays, even two games behind uh, the Orioles. Uh, do we know when Judge is coming back? Because if he's got a torn ligament in his toe, I mean, it. either you're having surgery on that or you're not. Yeah, I mean, he's hitting off a tee right now, so who knows how long uh, it'll be for him. And if he comes back, I mean, will he even be able to play the field? Because that's a lot of running in the outfield. And with a gimpy toe, that might not be something you can do every day. And so much of this Yankees lineup is based around Judge and how he's hitting without him there. They really just look like a different team. They need him healthy on the field if they're going to make a push in the second half of the season. Yeah, looking at the standings, you got like four of the six divisions are close, although some are, you know, better than others, right? I mean, Tampa Bay's got 57 wins leading the East. Minnesota's got 44 leading the West. They're the only team with a winning record, and they're one game over. I should say Central. Minnesota one game over 500, but they only got a one-game lead on the Guardians. Rangers lead the Astros by two and a half. Reds over the Brewers by one. Diamondbacks leading the Dodgers by two and a half, Giants by four, and then you do have the Braves over the Marlins by eight, and uh, Rays by the Orioles by six. What about those Miami Marlins? What um, they've won uh, seven out of ten. They've won two in a row, but it is really tough to keep up with those Braves. Like a lot of the uh, uh, strengths of the Marlins this season was their uh, starting rotation. They got a lot of good starting pitching performances this season. And then they just went into Atlanta, and that rotation just got whapped, man. Braves really did a lot of damage to them. And I think it kind of shows that they're, they've got a lot of potential, and they're pretty good, but they're not there yet, especially compared to a team like the Braves that has been there, done that, young yet still experienced and playoff tested. I think that really kind of shows the, uh, the gap between the Marlins and the Braves in the NL East. All right, so we got the All-Star break coming up. We mentioned Otani. Who are some other guys that may be available come trade time? Yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting one because you look at uh, both the 
of the league right now. And there are only a couple teams that are really going to uh, like punt. You look at teams like the Nationals and the Royals and the Rockies. Those are teams that are like perennial sellers. They're going to keep selling. But there are a lot of teams that are kind of like on the precipice right now. I mean, the Mariners are only 42 and 42. They could kind of go either way. Uh, the Guardians are a game under 500, but as you mentioned, they're only a game out. Uh, the Red Sox, last place, yet they are sitting right at 500. So uh, we're going to see what happens with them. I would kind of look at a team like the Royals, who have a lot of veteran-type players that could get moved. Uh, they already traded Rollins Chapman to Texas. Uh, they said they're not trading Salvador Perez, which kind of silly for me, but I wonder if a guy like Brady Singer is having a bad year for them. I wonder if he could be on the market or someone like Zach Greinke, who, you know, veteran struggling on a bad team. I wonder if he could uh, get moved to this deadline and provide a boost for some team. Talking to Joe Lucia from uh, the outside corner, talking Major League Baseball. All right, we hear about it because it's New York uh, and it's the Mets, and it's funny when it's the Mets, but they're, you know, they have the big payroll of 260 million or total payroll excuse me uh 350 million almost if you're rounding up yankees are next after that but sitting in third place is san diego with almost well with over 245 million dollars uh in a salary and they're heading in the wrong direction what is up with san diego why can't they get it going they're 40 and 46 10 games out in the west the offense for the Panthers has been so bad this year. And earlier this season, like a lot of the uh, attention was being paid to Juan Soto kind of struggling, but he's been their best hitter so far this season. He's back to his usual Juan Soto form. Fernando Tatis missed the first month of the season due to his PD suspension. He's been great since he's got back. But aside from those two, nobody is hitting like they should. Manny Machado hasn't been good. Xander Bogarts haven't really been good at all. Uh, they released Nelson Cruz uh, this week, who was really kind of struggling. A lot of guys on that team just have not lived up to their potential. And you play a division like the NL West, which, believe it or not, is really tough with the Dodgers there, the Giants, and the Diamondbacks finally uh, hitting all their potential. You really just don't have much room for error, and the Padres have made a bunch of offensive errors this season. All right, what about this uh, MLB draft coming up? Uh, it's kind of slotted, and then you have, you know, teams can pay less up top and use more on the bottom. So the top three teams, right, uh, which are, let's see, off the top of my head, Pittsburgh, Washington, and Detroit really are going nowhere this year. I guess Pittsburgh could try to turn things around, but the other two are not. Whereas you got a team in the Rangers that are sitting there in fourth place that you could see Paul Skeens, if he fell there, I can't imagine that he would, but he could pitch in the postseason if that's the case. I mean, is this high school kid still slated to be number one ahead of Cruz and Paul Skeens? It just seems you really roll the dice when you take a high school kid. Yeah, taking a high school kid is a uh, very risky proposition. Taking a pitcher also at the top is kind of risky because it's a blowout potential in it. College position player, always the safest pick, number one overall. If it was my pick, I'd just go cruise and pay him what he wants because I think that has the uh, best chance of succeeding as the uh, top overall pick. And if you're drafting for the current season, I think that's really the wrong way to go about it. We've seen that in the past. Teams kind of rush higher picks and just kind of end up ruining their careers. I'd take the guys that 
I think are the best fit for my franchise the long term and really just kind of soft pedal them until they're actually ready to come up and never go down again. Yeah, but isn't that more difficult than, you know, football where you're adding depth and guys may be under contract? I mean, we think that Dylan Cruz is probably going to be in the big leagues next year. Heck, he could be in the big leagues this year. Paul Skeens will probably be in the big leagues at some point next season. Uh, So... You really are drafting, maybe not for this year, but in the immediate future, whereas, you know, you want a high school kid, unless he is that phenom, he's going to be three or four years in the minors. You are, but you also have to consider uh, playing roster games with service time and all that kind of thing. If you really want to bring the guy up, if you're not sure he's completely ready to go and not go back down and actually contribute to your contender of a team, would you rather have that player playing for your team in 2024 or would you rather have the extra year of him in his prime in like 2031 or whatever it be? That's something a lot of teams consider with their prospects. And I don't want to just part of the game. Yeah, is that really tough? Do a lot of teams do that? Because how many, you know, if I'm a GM, I can't worry about what's going on in five years because I'm not going to have the job, right? If I'm a manager, I want somebody who's going to help me as quickly as possible. You don't want to rush kids, and we both know, and I say this all the time, being in the minor leagues, they actually want these guys to fail somewhere along the way so you don't have a Rick Ankiel type of deal where, you know, he loses it and can't get it back because he failed in a big stage. You want him to fail in Harrisburg. You want him to fail in Peoria. You want him to fail in Cedar Rapids outside of the shine of the bright light. And so when they do have a slump and they will have a slump, you know, they can overcome it because they know what to do. Yeah, absolutely. But like you said, with the GM that might not be there in five years, the manager might not be there in one season. I think right. 10 years are even uh, shorter than those of GM. So you really have to have a franchise where everybody is kind of pulling the same direction with your picks. You see that in Atlanta where the uh, manager, Brian Snicker, and the GM, Alex Anthopoulos, have both been together for a few years now. They really all seem to be in sync. The Braves aggressively promote a lot of their prospects. That's worked out pretty well for them so far with the title two years ago. Uh, all right, crap, uh, wrapping things up with uh, Joe Lucia from the outside corner. Do you see Who do you see can make a push? Can, can the Padres uh, make that push? Can the Mets turn things around? Because I thought I heard Steve Cohen say, if they're still in this position, they're trading the guy's way. They're not going to go by, and they're going to be selling. Oh, yeah, I think the Mets are pretty much done. Seven games under 500, 18 games out in the NL East. I mean, come on, man. That is out of control. Uh, a team that's kind of struggling, I think, could put it together and maybe not like win the division, but at least make some noise and play spoiler, the Cardinals. I mean, they're 15 games under, but come on, when you have a lineup with Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt in, and to be clear, those guys haven't, like, been bad this season. They just haven't been at their usual MVP potential. In the second half, they put it all together, man. Cardinals could cause a lot of problems in the NL Central. He is Joe Lucia. What's coming up on uh, the outside corner? Uh, we got MLB announcer rankings coming this month. Our mm. favorite article of the year that we haven't done since the pandemic. So really looking forward to putting that together. Now, it kind of feels like it's infrastructure week uh, every week. Uh, is the Pac-12 going to announce a TV deal or what's going on there? <laughs> I mean, they've been <laughs> waiting to announce a TV deal every week yes. for the last year. So uh, right. hopefully we get it before the college football season starts in two months. Uh, He is Joe Lucia from the outside corner. Always appreciate it, my friend. Take care. Thanks for having me, Dave. Appreciate it, buddy. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Uh, I mean, I still... I didn't know Mike Trout was injured. 
Holy uh, crap. Last night. Okay. Last night. Actually, swing and a miss. Ooh. He didn't even get he didn't even get hit in the hand. He got a swing and a miss and he broke a hand. How do the Ouch. Angels not win with Otani, Trout? Baseball is different. It's yeah. Just, it's just two guys. You're right. It's just two guys. They can't find anybody to put around those guys. Like, well, they're going to lose they've them. Cheap. Yeah. Well, they're not losing Trout. They're going to lose Otani. They are. I mean, somebody said. You think he goes to the Yankees? I don't know. I mean, the jo- <laughs> everyone thinks he's going to the Dodgers. Then oh, the Giants. Okay. Gotcha. The Yankees. I mean. He would look great in pinstripes. Is he worth $600 million? Might be worth more. <laughs> more than $600 yeah. million? Dave, he's like, he's Babe Ruth, but like ad- athletic. <laughs> like, right. The guy's insane. I was I was listening to, uh, I forget, but it was, I think it was two LSU greats. I think it was like Mike Matuk was talking. Yeah. And I was like, how long do we truly expect him to be able to pitch and hit? And it's like, he's doing both at a high level right now. Like, Will he do this for the rest of his career? I doubt it. But if he does, that's more than six hundred million. That guy's probably the best player in baseball. Probably? No, he is. <laughs> yeah. Well, what did Judge get? Uh, I don't know. How much did Judge get? Let's so see. He got like three hundred million. He's better than Judge, Dave, in my opinion. All right, so I'm doubling that. <laughs> Aaron Judge contract. Let's see. Aaron Judge got courtesy of Sports Rack, the best contract website out. Uh, Aaron Judge got. Nine years, $360 million. Give Otani t- nine years, $700 million. Set the precedent. Two- $600 million doesn't set the precedent? No, nah, he needs more, Dave. He does both. He pitches and hits. I got it. At a high level. I understand that. How much do you think? Six? You think six? Well, what's the biggest pitching contract? Let's see. The problem with that is his surgery is around the corner. Mm. Oh, he's going to get surgery? No. Oh. But they all do. Mm. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, highest paid MLB pitcher according... No, I'm not going to use USA Today. I'm going to use SportsRack. Courtesy of SportsRack right now is Max Serger. And Max Serger's getting uh, a year $43 million. So I don't know what the total is, but... So that's the end of his contract? Uh, so he was three hundred three years, $130 million. So Garrett Cole... Has the highest value, three twenty three hundred twenty four million. Okay, and that is over nine years. That was twenty twenty through twenty twenty eight. They haven't won diddly poo since then, by the way. Yeah, Eesh. right. They haven't even lost in the World Series. So again, if you get, so that's three hundred twenty million for Garrett Cole, right? And then three sixty for Aaron Judge. So maybe it is seven hundred million. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Give the man seven hundred. He deserves it. <laughs> I don't know about that. We got a caller on the line too, right. if you want. All right, we got smoke on the line. Hey, smoke. Why does everybody call when we're going to commercial? I don't know. Like all these guys know when we go to commercial. Smoke, you gotta hang on. We gotta take a commercial. Yeah, we'll, man. we'll bring you back right I'll after the commercial. Okay. All right, put you on hold. All right, let's take a commercial break. We gotta take a commercial break, <laughs> or else we're gonna miss it. Yeah, all truly. Right? We'll be back after this. Thanks, Smoke. They always they know when we're taking a commercial, mm-hmm. right? They listen every day. <laughs> we're gonna call Schultz at 426. <laughs> call at the start of the uh segments, man. Uh, all right, back after this. Dave Schultz, Linda Burton. Hang on, Smoke. 1033 to go.
Tuesday is the final day of Home Furniture's 4th of July sale. Prices have been lowered. Savings history will be made. Low, low payments with no money down. Queen bed as low as $8 per month. Lane dining room set from $8 per month. Plus sofa as low as $12 per month. With up to 60 months special financing and no money down. Plus next day delivery. Remember, savings like these don't happen every day. Get fired up and get moving. Home Furniture Plus Bedding's 4th of July sale ends Tuesday. See store for details. Wake up, people. You are optimizing every waking hour of your life. From carpooling kids, to work, to friends, and everything in between. You have to get sleep and a bed that can perform as well as you do. Meet the next generation Sleep Number Smart Bed. It effortlessly adjusts to your shape, position, and movements. Learning how you sleep so you learn to sleep better. Night after night. Sleep next level. Only from Sleep Number. The Queen Sleep Number 360 C2 Smart Bed is now only $8.99. Plus free home delivery when you add an adjustable base. Ends Monday. Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year, which means... Wait, 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 hold up. Question for the audio engineer. Go ahead. Did I read that right? Discover automatically doubles all your cash back? Yeah, that's what the script says. So if I get a Discover card right now, I can earn twice the cash back. Apparently. Wait! Unlimited first-year cash back match, only from Discover. See terms and learn more at discover.com slash match. And we're live here outside the Perez family home just waiting for the... And there they go. Almost on time this morning. Mom is coming out the front door strong with a double-arm kid carry. Looks like Dad has the bags. Daughter is bringing up the rear. Oh, but the diaper bag wasn't closed. Diapers and toys are everywhere. Ooh, but Mom has just nailed the perfect car seat buckle for the toddler. And now the eldest daughter, who looks to be about 9 or 10, has secured herself in the booster seat. Dad zips the bag closed, and they're off. Ah, but looks like Mom doesn't realize her coffee cup is still on the roof of the car. And there it goes. Oh, that's a shame. That mug was a fam favorite. Don't sweat the small stuff. Just nail the big stuff. Like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Learn more at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. I learned patience from my adoptive dad. All he had to say was, Hey, you got this. Just breathe. Hey. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Might have to start a band. <laughs> I got it. Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. <laughs> Visit adoptuskids.org to find out more. This message is brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Don't let someone get your goat. There's plenty to go around for everyone. 1033 The Goat, the greatest sports talk of all time. All right, Dave Schultz, Lynn and Burton on a Yacht Rock Wednesday afternoon sports chat. 1033. The goat. It'll be interesting to see. Can you make money on a seven hundred dollar on a seven hundred million dollar contract? Guaranteed. <laughs> you should. How? Oh, seven hundred million. Can yeah. you make money? Yes. Oh, I'm confused at your question. Can the team make money? Oh, can the team make? Oh, okay, okay. Oh, yeah. I don't know. They'd have to win some championships. So, how much is that per? 
10, uh, is, 10 years is $70 million a year. Yeah, 70 million. They got to win some championships to make their contract worth it. Because finishing second pays better. Mm. You make more money. Okay. You contend, but now you don't have to pay everybody. Yeah, true. Well, then that means you have to, if whoever pays him that money has to make it to the World Series, they just have to every year almost. That's not going to happen. I know. Then to your point, that contract might not get the return that it's, you know, it's supposed to get. I'd be sh- it'd be interesting to see if he gets more than five hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. Right now, place the uh, if we have to say right now, what's your bet that he gets under five hundred million? Under five, he'll get the highest whatever the he'll he'll get whatever the highest contract is mm-hmm. by a substantial amount. Gotcha, but under six, under five. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. How many years? Ten. How old is he? He's not exactly uh, young, see. is he? Let's see, Shohei Otani. Let's see, age. I thought he was young. 29. He's older not, than not young, yeah. Yeah, he turns 30. Uh, yeah. Actually, he turns 30 today. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, wait. I'm sorry. He turned 29 turned, today. Just turned 29 yeah, he today. just turned 29. Okay. So he's my age, exactly. All right. Well, that's Judge's age, though. Okay. Right? Okay. How old's Judge? Let's see. Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is 31. Yeah. So he's turning 32, so Judge is a little older. So there you go. You want to oh, get no, he, uh, he just turned 31. He turned oh, 31. he just turned 31 in April. April. Yeah. In April. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. No. Oh, we still got Smoke. Yeah, we got right. Smoke on the line. Sorry, Smoke. Go ahead. Welcome to the show, Smoke, D-O-double-G. Welcome, welcome back, fellas. Let me say this. Let me correct you on something, though, Lynn. First of all, the Angels can't win because they're not the Yankees. Remember that, 27 chip, baby. <laughs> Two, uh, stop trying to give us some hand-me-down. We don't do hand-me-down. Y'all don't want show wrong with you smoke that's not a hand-me-down that's the best player in the league no we, we got judge the best player Mr. Oh MVP. My gosh. Okay. now let me we, we got staten island too i can keep on going but no need Rock for that nation. right now the other thing is stop calling him babe Ruth. there's only one babe Ruth, and he played for the yankees nobody knows him as an ugly sock in the braves known as a yankee i want man. to clear that up there if i try to call in you hating on nah. Shohei? that's gross you don't play for my Yankees. Why? Well, I mean, come on. We don't but do hand me down. That's not a hand me down, man. If y'all, if y'all got him, y'all would be incredible, man. We're already incredible. We got twenty-seven uh, chips. Come on. Man. No, no, no we're talking about this year. We're not talking about. We're not talking about we're all incredible time. Every year. 48, every year we are. Forty-eight and thirty-eight says otherwise. Uh, twenty-seven chips says otherwise. Now, anyway, Dave, I got to tell you something about our boy, Dave. You got to hustle. Be quick. Now, Dave, let me, let me show you something about our guy, Lynn. Now, for the last two days, this man kept me for 24 hours waiting to play the game. <laughs> now, he want to play me two days ago after 12 a.m. in the morning. He kept telling me all day, I'm coming, I'm coming. Yeah, give me a second. Give me a second. I was busy. And yeah. 24 I hours, smoke, I was smoke. Don't worry about it. He blew me off, too. We'll be back after this. 103.3 to go. Dan Hicks with Paul A. Zinger welcoming you back to the Healthy Stand Classic and Zing. She has been absolutely tremendous today, but it all comes down to this shot. It does, Dan, and you couldn't ask for better conditions. 68 degrees, just a slight two-mile-an-hour breeze and a UV index of three. This is absolutely critical. That is right. This direct exposure to midday sun could be 
increasing her risk to melanoma. It looks like she's making a change. Yeah, she's putting that putter back in the bag. Now let's see what she takes out. Oh, wow, looks like she's pulling out a 15. I don't know, it looks like she's going with a 30. Strong choice. She's going to want to use the recommended SPF 30 even on a cloudy day. And notice how she's using broad spectrum sunscreen. And a generous amount, too. Incredible. That was a masterful performance. That was pretty good, too. Stand up to cancer and Optum want to help you reduce your risk for cancer. Visit TakeAHealthyStand.org. My son Finn was born with congenital heart disease, causing him to spend the first eight months of his life in the hospital. During that time, he endured 10 surgeries, including an open heart surgery. Starlight Children's Foundation has played an important role in my family's life. For five weeks when he was a baby, Finn lived in a Starlight Hero wagon. You could not understand the pure joy of having him go from a hospital bed into his favorite red wagon, especially when he was so little. The support that Starlight provides to families like mine is an integral part of creating happiness at a time when there's very little to be found. Learn more about how the Starlight Children's Foundation brightens the lives of sick kids by visiting starlight.org today. St. Joseph's Indian School is much more than a school for Native American children. It's like a family. Classes are fun here. I am learning about my culture. Since 1927, St. Joseph's Indian School has provided children the education, health care, and support they need to succeed. To help give our kids brighter futures, learn more at stjo.org today. What I know about courage, I learned from my adoptive mom. She said sometimes you just gotta hold on and know we'll get through this. Mom, we are so high up. Hold my hand. <laughs> no, you hold my hand. Here we go. Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. This message is brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. In the jungle, the mighty jungle, the sheep sleeps tonight. It just isn't the same without the lion. Join the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance today. Visit SDZWA.org. The rumors are true. People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Dave Schultz and Sports Chat are back. I'm back, baby! I'm back! One change, though. I'm sorry, that deal's now off the table. What? We live in a different world than we did just 30 seconds ago. Instead of waking you up, he's taking you home from work. Hey, Dad, you want to have a catch? I'd like that. Talking Cajuns, Tigers, Saints, all of it. I am your father. Buckle up, Acadiana. I feel the need, the need for speed. Ow! It's time for Sports Chat with Dave Schultz on 103.3 The Goat. Oh, hi. I'm Hollywood Steve. You caught me relaxing in my music nook. From 1976 to 1984, the radio airwaves were dominated.